You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 161. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have a special treat for you. I have my sister coming on the podcast, Rachel Coons. So I have had um, quite a few of my family members on the podcast at various times. I had my sister, Kara, on the podcast. I interviewed her back in episode 116. I interviewed my mom uh, back in episode number 27. I've had my husband, TJ, come on the, the podcast. He was on 37, on 40, and 109. Uh, we'll link all of those in the show notes. So if you want to go and, I don't know, do a binge of like all of my family members who have been on the podcast, uh, we'll link that up in the show notes for you to be able to access those easily. But today I have my sister, Rachel Coons, on the podcast. And I wanted Rachel to come on the podcast, one, because it's it's fun to share my sisters and my family with you. And you'll hopefully love Rachel as much as I do at the end, by the end of this episode. And two, because Rachel has a really awesome Instagram account that she has started and and grown, and um, I just love it. And I think a lot of you guys will really resonate with what she shares on that Instagram account. So her Instagram handle is you, the, the letter U, can serve it too. And we talk about putting dinner on the table and uh, tips and tricks to make that doable and realistic. And um, Rachel really saw a place in the blogging and recipe world for like a real life mom who it doesn't always look pretty, but you know, you get dinner on the table each night and what that process can look like and how to make it a little bit easier and a little bit more budget friendly. And so we talk about that. And then um, one of my favorite parts of this episode is where we hit on this idea of moderation and how both Rachel and I in in different ways have been able to develop that way, that um, lifestyle of moderation in terms of not feeling restricted, in terms of allowing foods, um, enjoying all types of foods. And one of the things I hear a lot from people is that they don't feel like they can ever get to that place of moderation. And we talk about that in the episode. And I think it's, uh, again, I think it's really interesting to hear how both Rachel and I have come into that uh, from very different from very different places and um, you know be able to share that story with you and hopefully you'll be able to take something away that will be able to apply to your journey in terms of finding moderation. I think that's what most of us really want to be able to find. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode with my sister Rachel Coons. All right, I am so excited to have my sister, Rachel Coons, on the podcast. What's up, Rachel? Hey. Hey. So if you've been around the block, you know that I've interviewed my mom. I've interviewed my daughter. I've interviewed my husband. I've interviewed 
one of my sisters. And now I get to introduce you to another one of my sisters. So uh, I'm excited. We're like continuing with the family tradition. I don't know. Maybe we'll get the boys on here too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need some male representation. Some male perspective, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so I'm excited to be able to share, like I was telling her before, I'm excited to share her with, with you guys. I feel like I get to share my sister with you and you guys are going to love her as much as I do. Uh, so Rach, start us off. Give us a little background. Who are you? What do you do? Okay. My name is Rachel. I am Amber's little sister. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but I am the fourth of seven children. So I'm the middle of our family. Um, we grew up in Seattle. And then uh, when I was in high school, we moved to the Bay Area. Uh, and so I attended high school in East Bay. Um, and that's where I met my husband. So we went to high school together. My husband and I ended up going to BYU in Utah. And that's where we got married. And I studied exercise and wellness at school. We graduated and then headed back to the Bay Area for dental school. And um, now my husband works as a dentist uh, in, a, in a city outside of Sacramento called Folsom. And we live here with our four kids, ranging from ages seven to 10 months. And I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. I also teach fitness classes. I run a fun little Instagram account on the side. And yeah, that's that's me. That's a little bit about me. So it's funny. Um, so three of, there's three, okay, there's four girls in our family and three boys. And of the four girls, three of us are married. And the three of us that are married all have four kids. <laughs> it's like, boom, boom. We're like all the same. Um, and it's a little, it's funny. So Rachel, like she said, is number four. I'm number, I'm, I'm number one. I'm number one. (laughs) I'm the oldest. Um, but we always tease that, uh, there's almost like two sets of kids in our household, not because of like an age gap, but because of a very different, like living experience. So Rachel talked about how they moved to the Bay area when she was in high school, I was already out of the house. Uh, when that happened. So I had already graduated. So I never lived in the Bay area. And so we, we tease that it's like two completely separate lives. I grew up in Seattle, lived in Seattle, graduated from Seattle. That was all I ever knew. And then the, the Rachel on down the younger kids, a lot of their growing up or memories of like high school and stuff are in the Bay area. Totally. Totally. It's it's a little different. So uh, I am curious because I have told the story many times uh, on the podcast and I had mom on and I talk about, uh, you know, us growing up, having mom as a, as an example in terms of fitness and getting us into the gym and having that be very normalized in our house. And Mm -hmm. I've shared how that has impacted me. Uh, but I'm curious, like it's sometimes you can live in the same house with someone and that's very different experiences of that. So I'm curious what your experience of that was growing up and how that has influenced and shaped you. No, I a hundred percent think that we did have the same experience in that respect. Um, I grew up, mom was still teaching classes when I was growing up. And so I, like some of my like best memories are at the YMCA (laughs) when mom would drop me off at the kids center and I would play there, or we would go to the YMCA on the weekends and swim and do family activities there. I mean, we did all of our like athletics through the YMCA basketball and whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it was very similar in that respect. I remember, you know, mom being very active and dad as well. Um, that always, we always laugh because dad's like, what about me? (laughs) (laughs) We you always talk about your mom, but what about me? (laughs) I know you were an influence on us as well. (laughs) 
he just was he I think he did it on his lunch break or like yeah. early in the morning so we, we never didn't see saw it. it and I yes. think that's a really good point like we didn't ever see, it's not that my dad worked out a lot he like ran marathons like he did yeah. a lot of like exercise but we didn't see it because he was yeah. on his lunch break what we saw was our mom that was and I yeah. think that's a really important thing is not that you have to like ha have your kids see everything you do but I think it is valuable for your kids to see you working out see you prioritizing that it definitely impacted totally me. Oh, I remember dad, whenever we would want to go somewhere, like if we wanted to go to our friend's house we're like, Hey, can you take me to my friend's house? He would always say, ride your bike. That was one thing he like always <laughs> did. It was like, Oh, you want to go to the store, ride your bike. <laughs> so we did have that influence. I mean, I actually hate riding my bike now. So maybe that was not counterintuitive, but yeah, I do remember dad saying that about it. Yeah. So you were, sorry, I interrupted you, but you were talking about how it has influenced, how it has influenced you moving forward in life. Totally. No, I, yeah, I think that was all that I had to say. It was, it, it absolutely was a big influence in me, my whole life, my mom having that as a young Did child. Did mom take you to the weight room? Is that something that you remember too? You know, I don't actually remember that. I do remember going to her classes. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember on like Saturday mornings, we would go to her step class or one of her so aerobics classes. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't think I was introduced to the weight room like you were. Um, but I didn't really exercise out of a gym until college. I think I, I really didn't dab and dabble in the gym until later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as people are hearing your story, there's obviously a lot of similarities. We both taught fitness classes. Like we both had the experience growing up with mom, um, you know, similarities definitely, definitely. And there's, there's also some really significant differences as well. So will you kind of, you know, outline, what are some of the differences you would say in our fitness journeys? I'm gonna. It makes me laugh because I feel like we kind of started at the same spot where like you started running, you ran a marathon. I ran a marathon you hated it. I loved it. And then it was like, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then we, we diverged. <laughs> and then we diverged. Um, no, but you're one like, of those yeah. crazy people who were like, this is, these are the, these are the people. These are the people they tell me they're like, <laughs> once you cross the finish line of your marathon, you are just going to be so excited to run your next one. You are just going to like fall in love with it. And it's just going to like, you're just going to want, when's the next one? When's the next one? And I crossed yep. that finish line. And I was like, these people be crazy because yeah. the last thing I ever want to do is do this again. I was like, those people were wrong. Oh man. I know I am. I am one of the crazy ones. I'll, I admit it. I admit it. How many of you, um, how many no, marathons have you run? I've done four pulls, but it's been a long time. I haven't done a full in a long time. I've done, um, more recently it's been triathlons. I like triathlons a little bit more than I do marathons. I actually had a really bad marathon. My last one was a really bad experience and I haven't had the courage to run one since then. <laughs> so maybe I just had a really bad one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. You have to, you have to run a good one, have a good experience Ugh, and you'll want to do another one never, if never we ever again. can get you there. No, <laughs> I, uh, I think, I think, um, yeah, as I, I got really into running, that was in college was when I was really into running. And that was just because it was so easy to walk outside my door. Um, and, and just run. Yeah. It wasn't, that I didn't was have for me. to program it was like, anything. It was free. I could do it yes. anywhere. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And I also think, uh, I found a lot of therapy in my running. So it was, it was really good for my mental health. And so it became something that I had to do to like clear my head and, and think. And, um, as I 
as I've kind of worked on my emotional health, I, I don't need running as much as I used to in the past. Mm. So. Yeah. What other yeah. differences? Oh, I still teach fitness classes. I didn't give that up. So I still am doing that. Um, no, I, I mean, I think we similarly, like, obviously you do CrossFit now. Um, and I would, I would love to do CrossFit. It just doesn't really work when you have little kids at home, unless I got up at the butt crack of dawn, which I can't do that right now. Um, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I was thinking about uh, the eating, like the, the eating differences. Right. So I, so, okay. So similarly to like when I got into running, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had like body issues, food issues, like a lot of that stemmed from my insecurities and myself and my, uh, inability to control my food. So I don't, I never had like a diagnosable eating disorder that I can like pinpoint, but I just never was at peace with that. And so this, when I really got into exercise and when I really got into running, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to like build muscle or had like long-term goals. It was more just like to fix my, to fix my issues. And so then, um, I found intuitive eating. I actually had like shared with a friend that I had been struggling with just like body image, you know, that all of that. And I had said that to a friend and she had said, Hey, you should go read this book, intuitive eating. Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until like four years later that I actually read the book and it just resonated so much with me. And so then that kind of took off into, I'm just like, I am a moderation and all kind of, th- all things kind of person. There's another and thing that I we're have, similar in. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am just not an extremist in any Anything. form of the word. I'm just not, I, yeah, I'm not good at being an extremist. So I, uh, intuitive eating really spoke to me in that respect. And it really helped me get over those insecurities I had with around food and with my body. And, um, it really helped me heal that. But I also had that background from exercise and wellness, my, my, what I learned at school. So it it was a really good springboard for me. And I found that piece that I had been looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what did that look like as you, as you made that transition, what did it look like, um, emotionally, your relationship with food, your relationship with your body, what did that transition, you know, contrast that, that transition for us? Oh man, I haven't thought about this for a long time, but so it was, I was actually pregnant with my first son when I read the book. And so, you know, pregnancy is different because you, it's just, it's just, you're, hungrier than you normally are, you know, your body is changing, but, um, so the transition happened super gradually, but I just remember before reading the book, I would never let myself eat red meat. That was like, Mm -hmm. just felt like it was too fatty or I wouldn't ever allow myself during the week. Like I wouldn't have treats during the week. And so on the weekends on Sunday, I would just eat myself sick. And then Monday it was like the restart day, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like the classic food drama. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I remember allowing myself, I remember allowing myself while I was pregnant to have hamburgers for the first time and like burritos and things that had red meat in them. And, um, it just like, and I didn't gain a crazy amount of weight during my pregnancy. And I felt like I had been the healthiest I'd ever been 
when I was growing another human. And so that just helped me with postpartum. I didn't worry as much about, oh, I have to lose the baby weight. It just happened supernaturally because I just listened to my body and really focused on what I wanted and what I needed and trusted it, trusted the process. And, you know, I didn't, I know a lot of people who switch over to intuitive eating kind of like fluctuate with their weight a ton. It just kind of steadied out for me. And I was like, well, this is working. I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not going to do anything else because this is working for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So what would you say is like your favorite or the most impactful thing that you have learned through intuitive eating? What was the thing that like kind of switched things for you or, re- or really resonated with you or, or shifted things for you? Um, I, I think it would be the moderation in all things. Mm-hmm. Like you can eat candy and still be healthy. And like allowing yourself to eat the candy or eat the cookies, because if you do that, and you stop telling yourself, no, you're not going to want it as much. And and that's like scary for a lot of people to just give themselves that freedom. But that freedom is what stopped the binge and purge cycle for me. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't ever feel the need to just sit down and eat a bunch of junk food. It just isn't, I don't, I don't need it anymore. I I know my body will feel sick from doing that Mm -hmm. because I could have a cookie tomorrow or I could have it the next day. There's no restrictions. Yeah. With food. Yeah. And I think it's so Um, interesting because like listening to what you're describing is very much like exactly what I found with macro counting, right? It was the same. It's like the same basis. I think. Right. And that's what I think is important for people to understand is that like, I think that basis is where everybody wants to get to. Like we all want to get to this place of like moderation and this place where you can have things and you can enjoy treats and like that's totally. really what people crave. And, um, you know, there's different roads to get there. And I, I think there's a lot of great things about intuitive eating. I like never bash on intuitive eating. And I think it's super, super valuable. Um, and I, and I think at least the way that I approach macro counting and using it as a tool, it can also kind of hit on those same notes of like not restricting, not telling yourself, no, removing the judgment from food, allowing yourself to eat like that stuff yes. is so impactful and so powerful. Well, um, it's so funny. Cause when I have, I have friends that will ask me about your program or like what you do and they're like, Oh, that sounds like intense. Like, how does it work with you and intuitive eating? I'm like, no, no, no. Amber is like the only person I would ever refer my friends to because I feel like she gets it. Like she gets the importance of getting to a healthy place. And it's not this crazy, you know, fluctuating diet, like restrict everything. Yes. Her program is the one you want to do to get there. (laughs) Yeah. And I think in the, in the macro counting world, I'm almost like the weird one. Cause I'm like so much more loose than a lot of people. And I'm not going to like tell you that you have to like hit your macros exactly on every single day. And like, anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. So that's uh, so healthy. Yeah. And that's what I feel like. I feel like we, you know, you and I, we can get to a place where like it really is moderation in all things. And I think totally. for anybody who's listening, because I think I have a lot of women who come to me who feel like that is an impossible feat. Like they can never, right. they feel like they can right. never get to moderation that, um, mm-hmm. uh, have you read Gretchen Rubin's better than before? She talks no. about this concept of, um, in her mind that there are two different types of people. There are abstainers and there are moderators and abstainers are people who like, they just need to like, it's easier for them to just say no permanently and not ever right. have to make that decision again. Um, right. and then there's people who are like, no, if I, if I tell myself, no, then I only want it more. And like, they actually do better with moderating. And so her opinion is that you're either one or the other, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of how things are. 
And uh, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I've had many, many women uh, experiences with many women who have come to me uh, abstainers. Like that's what they resonate with. That's what they've always thought that they had to be. They just had to be an abstainer. That's the only way they, they can do it. And I will tell you that I've had so many women be able to switch from abstaining to being able to get to that place of moderating. Um, and I, so I think it's, I like to look at it as more of like a growth mindset, right? If you have yeah. a fixed mindset, like this is the way it is. And I am a, an abstainer. That's how what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. But in yep. reality, it can be more of a growth mindset where you can re- become that moderator. So if you're hearing Rachel and I talk about moderation and you're like, oh, I can't do that. I, I would challenge that because I've, I've seen many women who are like, no, in fact, I think of one woman in particular, she's like, I cannot have candy in the house. She's like, my, my friend can have like a bowl of candy on her, on her table. And I like, I could never, ever, ever do that. And then fast Uh forward six months and like, I get chills thinking about it. And she's like, Amber, I have a candy dish on my table and I like, Uh and I don't eat it. (laughs) She's like, I'm that person (laughs) that she never thought that she could be. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I want that, I just want you to know that it's available to you. It is available to you and there's Mm -hmm. different routes to get there and it it is available. So you're telling me I shouldn't read that book. (laughs) Uh, I really (laughs) love, (laughs) I really love a lot of the points that she makes. Actually, I really like that book. Uh, I, I identify. I'll put it on my list then. Uh, Gretchen Rubin better than before. And then she has a follow-up called the four tendencies. Um, Okay. I'm curious. So there's four tendencies. Um, When you read the book, you're going to know immediately which one I am. And yeah. then I want you to tell me which one you are. Cause I, I haven't, okay. I have a, I have a guess of which one you are. Okay. Do you have to read the first one first? Um, the four tendencies. So better than before she talks about the four different tendencies and then okay. she dives deeper into them in that, in that book. So she okay. does hit on the four tendencies in better than before. Okay. Okay. Um, so what some people, so first of all, it's really always funny when people figure out that we're sisters. So oh, Rachel, right. Rachel has an Instagram <laughs> account as well. And then, um, I've had multiple people who were like, I was following you both. And then like, I finally realized, right, we're <laughs> <It sisters."> <laughs> <laughs> um, so share a little bit about your Instagram account and how that came about. Sure. Okay. So I did, I did have an intuitive eating Instagram account once yeah. upon a time. Yeah. Um, you were called the diet was- reject. I, right. yeah, that, I love that name. That was yeah. a good name. Um, but it's open now if someone wants to go claim that. Cause I don't, I don't think I have it anymore. Um, no, and I loved, I mean, I, it's so fun for me to have like that creative outlet to put like energy into something and, and just kind of have something like beyond me and my children, you know, it's nice mm-hmm. to have a, a hobby of some sort. And so I loved, uh, the intuitive eating Instagram account. Um, and it was really fun, but then I, I think I came to a point in my life where I was just overrun with my children. I had three kids under the age of three and a half and, um, I just, something had to give. And so I stepped away from that. Um, but then last year I just, I love food blogs. Like I've always, I will scroll on Instagram or not Instagram, Pinterest for hours because I just love like researching recipes and being in the kitchen and baking. And I've just, all that's always been a passion of mine. And last year I was looking at a food Instagram and I was like, it just like hit a breaking point where it's like, I am so sick of following these food Instagram accounts and having them be perfect. Like, I feel like this is not relatable to me as a mom 
this, like, I don't make meals that look this great and, or have this many ingredients or, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I feel like there is a serious need for like, uh, somebody who talks about feeding their family, but does it in just like a genuine real way. And I remember telling my husband that, and he's like, well, sounds like you need to do something about that. So (laughs) that was when you can serve it too was born. It just kind of came out of like, Hey, this is something that I have a passion for and something that I really like to do. And I like to share it. And so that's where we're at. And it's, it's been really fun. I've loved it. It's been so fun. That's been fun to, to watch you. So what would you say like the genre is like, if you're selling this to someone of like, who is the person that you're really like talking to? Right. So my target audience is moms who are just trying to get food on the table and do it in a easy budget friendly way. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And I think you're right. I think like there's, there is absolutely a need for that. Uh, and it's so fun. Uh, did, I don't know if I told you, but Aaron's brother or Aaron, TJ's brother, follows yes, you. Yes. And he like, yes, I love him. He's the best. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, I like learned this hack from Rachel on Instagram and to, like <laughs> learning all these things. Um, so it's my, it's my favorite. I, I think it's, it's definitely, absolutely like a, a niche that is definitely needed. Um, so what has been your favorite thing about running that account? Oh, I don't know. I really like creating the reels. Okay. Can we talk about this for a minute? Because I feel like you are so darn creative with the stinking reels. I know. And it skipped my jeans. How did you get all of it? I I don't know. I think I probably veg out more than you do. I think I probably am really good at like watching a bunch of people. And I mean, let's be honest. Like I grew up in a different generation than you did. Like as in like, no, not that, but just like I, I like those small videos are like a big thing of us growing up. Like we yeah. had Vine and then we have TikTok. So it's just, it's, I love watching them. And so now it's fun to create them. That's, oh my gosh, guys, know. her reels are like, kill me. You and Natalie from Butter Your Macros oh, uh, she's so are good. like oh, she's the so two good. most creative people when it comes to reels. I'm like, Natalie, can I just hire you to like co-direct like all of my yes. reels? Just tell me what to do <laughs> and I will do it. it. But I like, yes. Oh, you oh guys it'll so like good. ideas will just like, well, ideas will just like come into me when I'm like falling asleep at night or like in the shower. And I'm like, I have to do that. Like, that would be so good. And it's, I don't know. It's again, it's a creative outlet for me. I just yeah. love that creative outlet. Yeah. Well, they're super awesome. Super fun. So, okay. So if you are going to share one tip, you can't, you're not going to give away all your tips because they have to go to your Instagram tip. account to get yeah. all of your tips. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to share one tip that would like make mealtime easier or faster or cheaper or better or more fun, what would it be? Get an instant pot. Oh, I have one because of Rachel. <laughs> I have oh, one. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of instant pots. And I love instant pots. I actually think they've made cooking for the family so much easier. Yeah. So I, I just discovered the delay feature on my instant pot. Oh my gosh. I just found out about that last week too. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. That's awesome. I really, really yes. like that. Cause that does make it hard if you're like out and about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, okay, I, so get I yourself an instant pot. pot. Yeah. Uh, any, like any favorite recipes or, or things that they should start for with? the instant pot. Because I feel like people get really intimidated with an instant pot. Totally, totally. So I'm actually um, planning to do a live pretty soon running through the Instapot oh. because I, because I've had so many people ask that, like, they're like, I have one on my shelf, but I just haven't used it. 
because they're scared to use it. So I need, I need to do a live and just run through it because yeah, it's a hidden gem. Did you know that I had an old school, um, pressure cooker? I did too. In college. I did too. Did you? Maybe dad gave us the same one. I got it for my (laughs) wedding, I think because of dad. Yeah, probably. But I remember like cooking beans and if you've ever cooked in like a pressure cooker, it has like a little knob that goes and like the steam kind of like, you know, kind of like rustles it. And then you like flip the thing and it goes and, and the thing that I like, actually the thing that I hated about the pressure cooker and it's better with the instant pot, but you could never know if it was done yes, unless you opened it. Yes. And the instant pot's the same way, but I think people have done a lot better job of like saying, this is how long you need to cook this. Back then it was like, I didn't know how long I needed to cook my beans. So like sometimes right. I would overcook them and sometimes I would undercook them. <laughs> like, and then you have to repressurize. The and then you have to thing. repressurize it. Like same thing with my brown rice. It was like, sometimes I'd overcook it and sometimes I'd undercook it. Yeah. So I remember like, yep. I finally got rid of it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Every time I like mess it up. Yeah. Instant pot's a little bit more forgiving. Well, and that's one thing that I love about the instant pot too, is that it like, it's for dummies, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I cooking beef is kind of stressful, right? Yeah. In like a stew. Cause sometimes it's chewy. Sometimes it's underdone, yeah. but with the instant pot, it's like, no, I know my beef is going to be amazing every single time. Yeah. I love it. That's why I, that's I thought I like you were going to share about Walmart pickup, which I am. Oh, I am like, yes, so I mean, yes. you can share. Again, I couldn't share all my tips. I couldn't share uh, all my uh, tips. Uh, don't tell anymore. <laughs> um, which I, every time I watch your stories, I get mad again that my Walmart does not do pickup. They still don't do they it. They still don't do it. I live in freaking Southern California. Yeah. What the get heck? Get it together, Walmart. I'm, it's not like I live What about Sam's? What about uh, Sam's? I don't know. I should look. I don't even know where Sam's is. I don't have any idea where uh, Sam's is near me. There well, probably is rumor, one. Rumor has it Costco is doing it too, that they're going to start doing a pickup option. That would be smart. I do go to Costco yeah. every week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that would make it easier. But Although you have kids, I guess you're super busy, but you have kids in school. Like, Oh, I going to the grocery store with children is it's like terrible. It's the, the worst. worst thing. I don't know how you did it. Like all the years that you did it. Yeah. Cause I, I feel either. like it saved my life. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was also really poor. And right. So I would go to like multiple stores with yes. all four of my children. You're nuts. I would like, and I would coupon. Oh my God. Bless my heart. Um, Maybe that's why your kids are so well behaved. The, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I look back on that. I'm like, what the freaking heck was I doing? I was yep. surviving. That's what I was doing. I was yes. surviving and like doing yep. what I had to do. But I think back to those times when I was couponing with four kids and I would go to like three stores and oh anyway, gosh. Bless you. Bless my heart. Um, I'm really <laughs> glad that those times are behind us, behind me. Yes. yes. Okay. So, uh, where are you at now in terms of your current health and fitness goals? I'm curious, like what you're, are That's you working good. on anything? Yeah. So I, um, Oh, where, where do I begin? So I was super into triathlons and running and that kind of thing. Um, and then about two years ago, you were actually there for that. I tore my Achilles yes. on my right leg while I was teaching a dang fitness class. Oh my, it was on and, 4th of July um, too, wasn't it? That's it was why the I was day in, after. That's, that's why it, I was in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, healing from that injury, I couldn't do all of those things that I had been training to do. And so then I started really focusing on weightlifting. And then when COVID hit, I was teaching like seven fitness classes 
prior to COVID. And then once COVID hit, you know, all of those were gone. And so I had to kind of like reestablish what my fitness routine was. And um, so we bought a weight set for our house. And so I've just been focusing a lot more on weight training and strength training. I would say it's more of like the bodybuilding is what I'm focusing on. So I have a program that I use. Uh, I still teach twice a week at the gym. So, um, I'm doing that and I run once a week cause I just, I love running. It's still part of me, but definitely it's more, I think building muscle and, um, getting my body strong without having to kill it doing high impact exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you going to do another so, triathlon? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I really want to. Um, so I had my baby 10 months ago, Rocky's 10 months old. And, uh, my goal is to do it like if not next year, but probably the next year after that, when he starts preschool, then I can start training for it. Yeah. That's fun. It'll be good. Yes. I love, I love it. Okay, cool. Um, let's do a fun one. If you could go back to yourself 10 years ago and tell yourself something, what would it be? Okay. So this is such a funny question because we just had our 10 year anniversary, what, two weeks ago. So we were just talking about this, like <laughs> where we've come in 10 years and, and the differences. And I told my husband that if I could, if I could go back and tell my newly married self, anything, it would be before you try and change other people, focus on changing yourself. Mm. I think my, my 21 year old self would have been a lot happier had I just focused on what I can do in my own journey and stop worrying about what other people are doing. Um, I think all of us can use that message. Right. I think that all of us, (laughs) maybe some of us who are 41 and 51 and 61 can use that message as well. Yeah. No. And I still need that too. I think that's, I think that's good. All right. Well, if people are like, I want to learn about the instant pot, I want to, I want to see someone who's real cooking dinner. Where are they going to find you? My Insta handle is, um, at you can serve it too, but the U is not a Y O U. It's a U just the letter U you can serve it too. And I'm on Instagram. I also have a website. I'm at that website. You can serve it too.com, but mainly I'm on the Instagram it's a great show place up to there. Start. Great place to start. And guys, yeah, she makes like fun. the best chocolate chip cookies. My kids are always like, are we making Rachel's chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Kate makes some pretty, uh, she does make some stellar good. brown butter cookies. She does make some good cookies. Yeah. Well, your I'm, cookies I'm a have cookie a special fanatic. place in our, in our heart. Uh, and you have that on your Instagram, right? So if you guys want the, like, it's, it's not necessarily a recipe. It's a way of cooking it. That makes it so amazing. Oh, the tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You you... have it on your, your highlights, right? Yes. I think there's a chocolate chip cookie highlight. Yeah. My, my theory about cookies is not about the recipe. It's about how you make the cookie that changes it. Yes. 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 And never like always underbake it. Always. That's nobody wants cakey cookies. Nobody wants cakey cookies. Not here. (laughs) So if you want to find out how to make the best chocolate chip cookies, go to Rachel's uh, highlights on her Instagram. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Any, any closing words? Oh, I mean, Kara told embarrassing stories about me. Do you have any embarrassing stories that, that you, you know, want to get back at me for? (sighs) Or any, I'm like you though. I have a terrible memory. Oh, good. I'm so glad. (laughs) See, Kara. So Kara is the second. Uh, She has a fantastic memory, which is terrible (laughs) because I have a terrible memory (laughs) when it comes to these kind of things. 
She's like, you don't remember that when we were three years old? No, Karen. Right, no. right. What's wrong with you? No, Amber, I'm trying to think. It's going to come to me like tonight at 2 a.m. And I'll be like, dang it, I should have told that story. <laughs> I should have told that embarrassing story. No, I'm trying to think of something. There's always something with your glasses or your contacts. Oh There's always gosh. drama with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't. Like, well, I, it wasn't embarrassing, but remember when you jumped off the boat and lost your glasses to save Annie? Y- yes. Oh my gosh, like that was two nuts. years ago. <laughs> right. See, I, I don't have a good memory, but this, we're on Lake Almanor oh. boating with our family and Annie was, who knows what she was doing. This is our littlest sister, the, the bottom of seven. She was on the surfboard in the wave, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And she was, and she, but she was on her belly. She didn't. She want to got stand on up. her belly. Yeah, she had stood up, and then she like got down and was like on she was her like belly. Body surfing. She was like body surfing. We were we were wave surfing or wake surfing, right? So we had the wake yes. surfing boat. Anyway, she was on her belly, and she, and then she, you could you got it. She just like we. I mean, we've watched the video like twelve hundred times because we. I was actually videoing it. Um, yes, because she was gonna do a trick. It. She just like there got a little bit of slack in the rope, and it just like happened to wrap around her wrist. Like no, she intentionally wrapped it, didn't she? She didn't. No, it was unintentional. Okay. She meant to get on her body and she was kind of like moving around, but it was totally unintentional that it like wrapped around her wrist and then it like went taut. And um then she got started getting drug by the boat with her wrist. With it wrapped around her wrapped around her wrist. Right, right. And I'm videoing and freaking out, like telling whoever is driving to like stop driving. Stop, stop. Yes. And then I jump in because and then uh, she jumped in, but she had her glasses on. That's who on. I am. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> savior. I was, I was on the shore with my husband Ugh. and we were watching and I remember seeing you scream and jump in. And I was yeah. like, someone's hurt. Yeah. Someone's hurt. So I jumped right in. I had my glasses on. This is the worst part. I had my glasses on because I had broken one of my contacts. Oh yes. So yes. I had broken, which I I've had contacts for literally 25 years and I've never broken a contact. I have like hard contacts. I've never broken a contact. I broke a contact like the first day we were up at Almanor. And so I was wearing my glasses and then I jumped in mm-hmm. to save Annie. And I remember diving in and then coming out and not being able to see anything. And I was yeah. like, I just lost my glasses. <laughs> oh. And then I like, luckily Annie was like, I ended up dragging Annie in. Just her arm was like, it was, it was actually really gnarly. Like we, I yeah. was for yeah. sure it was broken. I thought for oh, 100%. sure it was broken. Yeah. Um, it ended up not being, it yeah. ended up being okay. Who knows she, how it was amazing. It was okay. She had a little bit she of She had to do physical damage. therapy for a while. Yeah, yeah. She had some nerve damage, but it didn't break. Um, but my glasses are, and so then I did not have my contacts. I did not have my glasses. I had one contact. <laughs> and so I, I don't remember what you did. What did you I walked around contact? with like one contact and like, my oh, other eye closed that's the worst. and then that's tj the worst. actually brought up he was coming the next day so he brought up um i think i had a spare glasses or spare contact i don't know anyway yeah my glasses are always always a thing so i literally that's can't always see without a... them yes i'm like yes. blind i literally actually uh-huh. legally blind without my glasses so yeah. there's always drama with the glasses always drama with the glasses <laughs> Yeah. Well, good story. Good story. That was, you know, there you two, go. That there was you two go. years ago. So it wasn't too embarrassing, but maybe, maybe I'll, I'll come up with another one and I'll share you'll it. You'll record it and then you'll, there you go. Then you'll yeah. send it. We'll tack it on. Yeah. Or you'll yep. tell them yep. your stories. So when they go follow you, then you can see it in their stories. There you go. And I'll tag you. Yeah. All right, Rach. Well, it's so fun. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for letting me share you with my audience. 
Hey, thanks for letting me come. This was fun. And you guys should go follow Rach on Instagram and you should see how much better at reels she is than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're way better at macro coaching. So that's true. We'll stay, we'll stay in our lanes. How about that? There there you go. (laughs) All right. Love you, Rach. Love you too. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. It's always fun to have my family on the podcast. I feel like there's definitely a different dynamic when I'm sitting here chatting with my sister and that's that's always really fun. And I hope that you love her as much as I do. And um, you know, go if you're interested in what she's offering in terms of family dinners and making that a, a time where it isn't is a little less stressful, maybe a little less expensive, and being able to, you know, get food on the table for your family. I highly recommend going and following her on Instagram. She's at you, the letter U can serve it too. Before I say goodbye, I am going to remind you to uh, make sure that you go follow the podcast. So iTunes has changed things. You don't subscribe to a podcast anymore. You follow the podcast. So just go ahead and make sure that you're following the podcast. That way, every time I upload an episode, it will just get automatically downloaded for you and you'll have it in your queue to be able to listen. And then if you're listening on any other platform, uh, there is a way to either follow or like or subscribe or whatever you do on that platform to make sure that you don't ever miss an episode of the podcast. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for leaving a rating and review on iTunes. If that's where you're listening, that really does help the podcast to grow. And I am grateful for those of you who take the time to do that. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.